Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weed and now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peace and out. Alright, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. everybody and welcome in to the penny bloom podcast today we conclude the greta ger week we are talking barbie it was released july 21st 2023 written by the barbie herself greta gerwig and her ken noah bombach and directed by greta gerwig i'm colton robertson i am joined by joseph george what's up homie oh what up what up it was a pleasure to be here Oh, and it's always a pleasure to have you. And we are also joined once again by the wonderful Claire DeGenero. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Ken. Yeah. <laughs> hi. Uh, how you doing? You excited? Oh, excited. Thanks so much for having me on for this one. Oh, of course. Of course. How you feeling about it straight off of this, uh, straight off of this massive, massive release? Something that's been hotly anticipated for months. How you feeling? I mean, I feel like this is such a good example of why toy companies should market things because the marketing on this was so good. Um, it has been the summer of Barbie. I'm so excited. Mm. I'm so excited we finally got to see it. And I, I just have a lot to say about it. I'm really, really happy with it. Oh, good. I'm, I'm extremely happy with it as well. This, uh, this is top two on the year for me, um, with, uh, mm. Asteroid City. I absolutely adored this movie. Uh, we talked Oppenheimer last week and, uh, I, I, I'm not ashamed to say that this is a far more enjoyable experience oh, than Oppenheimer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm not you know, talking you, you, about Oppenheimer going, wow, that was fun. You know, uh, no, this <laughs> is, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, no, it, it, it's completely different movies. That's for sure. Like, oh, I mean, yeah. the two movies could not have come out at the same time that were, that were just polar more opposites. Yeah. yeah. More, more opposite. But no, this is, I'd say like Barbie probably, I don't know what the like the word I'm looking for, but it filled my expectations more than Oppenheimer did. I think like I, I walked into Oppenheimer like kind of knowing the story a little bit, and like I was like, yeah, this is gonna be good, but like it wasn't the movie I expected. I guess it kind of went mm-hmm. a different direction. But Barbie was like it was everything I wanted and more in this movie. Yeah. I was just like, man, it was it was a blast. Yeah, it was it was, it was so much fun. I had a wonderful it. time, and Gre- Greta Gerwig, we, I've come to love her over the last uh, couple mm-hmm. weeks where we've revisited her movies, and I know they came out over the course of the last couple days, the, the episodes did, but uh, we, I've been, I've rewatched Lady Bird like four times before mm. I went and saw Barbie, I rewatched Little Women twice, like, fucking love Greta Gerwig's work, and this one just went above and beyond as far as, you know, I... I heard all the awards buzz going into it, you know, like all the all the critics were like, this movie is so much better than any of you can expect. And I was even like, you know, like, I'm sure it'll be good, but like best picture good. Like that was the buzz it was getting and coming out the other side. I think that as far as what we've gotten so far in 2023, that's 
I, I don't have a lot of competition for it, uh, besides Oppenheimer and past lives probably. But, uh, yeah, man, I, I really enjoyed this movie. Uh, Margot Robbie is just a, just a wonderful, wonderful performing performer. I love her so much. Could not have been a better casting of that role. No, not there's, there's, she was compared to Barbie for years before she got casted yeah. as Barbie. You know, like that, that when that, when that casting got announced, it was like, there's no surprise there. Like hell, hell yeah. Uh, the yeah. surprise came with Ryan Gosling as Ken and, uh, mm. man, hey, that, even the, even the producers knew Margot Robbie. I don't know. It was, it was the perfect casting, but for a little, you know, when you had to make her be, ugly you know in air quotes for a little bit or or sad it was like yeah margot robbie's not the person to cast for the yeah that that was that was pretty funny there Um, was i had heard like when this movie was first announced a long time ago that i think amy schumer was actually um yes for the barbie role which i think would have been a totally different movie um uh it would have been a very different movie and it would not have been as good yeah uh yeah so i mean my whole thing with it too is that I mean, I was a Barbie girl. I am a Barbie girl. I love Barbie. Um, and I was so afraid that it was going to turn into something that was just kind of making fun of not just Barbie, but of girls and femininity and all that. Um, not that I don't trust Greta Gerwig, but, you know, that was just kind of the the idea of what, what would you say about Barbie. Um, mm. And so what they came up with, I, I couldn't imagine a better a better song. Oh, brilliant direction. Uh, just uh, extremely timely. Just wonderful in almost every regard. I think it's hilarious that yeah. conservatives are uh, really, oh. really mad at this movie. Um, that, I just don't think a- they saw it, honestly. It's, well, it's so interesting to me, too, because I feel like a lot of the criticism that I've seen has been specifically for men. And I'm like, why Why are you all caring so much about Barbie? Like, you never have cared about Barbie. <laughs> well, and the spe- specifically the critique that it is anti-men. Like, all right. <laughs> no, it, it doesn't. And frankly, there is there's an element to it where they are they're obviously making fun of men, mm-hmm. but they're making fun of those men. You know what I'm saying? Like specifically the men who are responding with vitriol to this movie, they're making fun of those guys. You know, like uh, they're making fun yeah. of Ken cells, as I've done. Yeah, they're Ken making, cells. They're like the toxic masculinity that would make you mm. feel some type of way about this mm. uh, yeah it's it's one of those examples where it's like if you're if you feel offended by what you're seeing in the movie well guess what uh you you might be the problem here guy uh mm. I, that's I not like, always the case but it's the case here uh i feel like the people i feel like some people just haven't actually seen the movie and they're just mm-hmm. going with whatever ben shapiro or whoever the other person is up there saying whatever they want about the Barbie movie. Like I literally think it's, and that was a point in the movie too, is like have your own ideas, you know, don't just take the ideas of everyone and make them your own. Like think about who you are and make your own ideas. Don't, you know, don't worry about it. What anyone else says, like that's like a very big part of the movie at the end. And then like, everyone's like, Nope, Nope. This is just the worst movie I've ever seen. I just can't even believe it. And it's like, Obviously, it's going to be more female forward. Like, like it yeah. is a Barbie movie, and like newsflash for all the men out there, like the real world is. I mean, it's not far off. Like, no, I mean, they, 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 they exaggerated some parts inaccurately. But, like, I don't yeah, think. Like, uh... No, yeah, it's it's not far off, and like 
the world has been run by men for i mean i i don't i, I don't know for how long but quite some a long ass time mm-hmm. um and i don't know i think it's it's not just it is very female forward and i think obviously it should be it's barbie but i think it like the ending was was more of just like a like for society like as a whole instead of just mm-hmm. like females and everything and i don't know i i walked out of it like thinking of things i would have never thought like out of a barbie movie and i'm like i don't know no. the ending was i just i had no idea where the movie was gonna go at all i thought it was just gonna be like a two-hour marketing you know ploy for barbie and i i could not have been more wrong like it was it was just so much fun and i don't know a story that like just intertwining the real world with barbie land like i didn't even know that was gonna be like a thing mm-hmm. i thought it was just gonna i don't know i didn't know what i expected i guess but but I think it was just handled perfectly, like how, yeah. how it was written. Yeah, it's very, like, almost uh, Wizard of Oz-esque in that way. Yes, yes. There's a lot of, mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of influence from, like, uh, the early days of, like, Technicolor on this movie, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, something that, uh, something that Greta Gerwig said in interviews prior is that this film was influenced greatly by the, uh, by the visuals, visual styles of Powell and Pressburger, who did the likes of like a matter of life and death, which I watched last night. Mm-hmm. I told Joe about that. Uh, they did, uh, uh, the red shoes, which I also watched recently. And I think that that's, uh, they, they create this sort of like Fantasia, fantastical setting. Mm-hmm. And it feels like an imaginary world where a real person is having real thoughts. And it's sort of just, mm. it's, it's, it's exactly what this movie kind of puts forth and uh and it's it's extremely influenced by Wizard of Oz singing in the rain is another one that this one has a lot of a lot in common with especially the I'm just Ken number actually has some pretty yes beat Very for beat good. visual cues these 60s golden age musical movie yes yeah, we yes. need Greta get on it like i mean yeah. she i think this was kind of like uh maybe a test you know, I don't know, maybe she wants to make a musical because, I mean, the musical numbers in this, like, I mean, oh my God, was were, were they just amazing? I, just, I need a full-length mm-hmm. musical from Greta Gerwig after this. I've been belting out I'm Just Ken. Like, it's, I sung it out of the theater. Like, there was mm-hmm. a, a group, we walked out of the theater, we were all just singing it. Like, I'm um, just like Ken. The amount of pink mm-hmm. that was in the theater, too, was amazing. Oh, yeah. I, lo- I, I love just seeing everyone dressed in pink. Um... Was, I feel your, like uh, this movie is now like when Greta Gerwig releases a movie, it is now an event, and I'm really it is now a moment. Her. Yeah, mm. yeah. No, and I'm uh, I'm extremely excited for that. Uh, just the way that the the rise to notoriety she's received, you know, like uh, Lady Bird ext- uh, received extreme critical acclaim, then she gets to adapt this uh, one of the most popular books of all time uh, over the last 150 years and do an excellent movie. And everyone thought that was great. And now she gets to adapt the biggest toy in the history of toys, you know, like, uh, and I think it's funny seeing that the lesson Mattel is taking from this is that, Mm. Oh, people want toy movies. Uh, not, not, yeah, not, Movies by women for women, but movies about toys. Yeah. That's Uno. what people want. Let's make an Uno movie. Let's make yeah. a. It's like no, 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 no. Like, rock em, the, the, em robots, baby. <laughs> let's do it. Like oh uh, god, pretty no. realistic rock and sock. Yeah, yeah, not, just, a really gritty Barney film. 
Uh, Didn't they do something like that? The gritty Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, there was a when okay. when Winnie the Pooh went public domain. There was the a Blood and Honey horror movie <laughs> about Winnie the Pooh. Uh, oh but uh, yeah, it's a uh, just of course studios taking the wrong lessons from everything as always. Mm-hmm. Um, no, nah, this is the money. They saw yeah, the money and were like, "Oh shit, people want movies about toys." No, they liked the movie about the most famous toy of all time. Yeah, done beautifully. Yeah, by an artist with wonderful performers. That's yes. that's the headline here. Um it's just a just a hilarious a hilarious misstep on their part, I think. But uh one of the things that I uh like one of the criticisms you know, on the on the flip side of the anti men argument is that it wasn't anti men enough, which I think is uh that's that's another that's another perspective is that uh, the feminism is elementary. It is not it is not rooted in any deep thinking. And you know what? I can kind of agree with that. However, I will say there's a there's this thing where people are trying to have their cake and eat it too, where they're calling Barbie. Like this is not a movie for kids, but the but the themes of feminism aren't strong enough. Well, do you yeah. think that maybe that's because it's for kids? It's like an introductory level. Yeah, you know, I, I agree, mm. and I think too. Everyone's saying that I like your feminism should be more advanced than a movie about a doll made by a toy company. Um, I I do see how I think thematically some things might just be a little too mature for like the little little kids who are going to see this. Um, but I think like this is like this is a tween movie. Like this is something you watch when you're like twelve or thirteen, and like you never yeah kind of yeah thing. not not young young kids. But I mean I thought the uh, what was the mom's name? Was it Gloria? Maybe yeah the, the, yeah. Um, like whenever she was in Weird Barbie's house and gave her like whole monologue of how hard it is to be a woman um like whenever margot robbie was sad and depressed and like she was like i can't i can't believe that you're sad right now but like and then she just gave that super long monologue i think that i think i did put that down yeah as my favorite scene it's it's one of my contenders um and like how it just unlock you know brainwashing went away after that after she gave that long monologue and like i know i thought that was like being a dude you know, I, I, I don't really get to experience what it's like to be a girl out in the real world. Um, but that was, I don't know, in that one scene, it was like, man, there's so many things that I just don't think about that just, I don't know, women have to, to deal with every day. It's a wonderful monologue. And, it's a yeah, wonderful and, monologue. There's one thing and, Greta Gerwig's going to do. It's give an amazing actress a great monologue. Yep, Sir Ronan and Little Women talking yeah. about how sh- how women oh are expected to be expected to be housewives and live for the men in their life, mm-hmm. and she hates that double standard. But what she also hates is that she wants to have love and that she wants to feel that connection that is stereotypical. Yeah. But she feels like she should like just a brilliant, <laughs> brilliant writer, Greta Gerwig. And uh, I uh, funny theater moment on that one. This is the one. Uh, I just, I just fucking, oh, made me want to vomit. Is uh after that, after that monologue, that powerhouse monologue for women by a woman, a dude in my audience, as soon as she finished, went pretty much audibly. Oh, that's no. sad. I, I mean, wow. me and Emily looked at each other and just went, oh 
Oh my fucking God. Damn. You know, just like, shut the fuck up if you're in a movie wow. theater, please. I, you know, and, and that scene, I had, I'll, I'll get into my theater experience after this, but that scene, I had like women, like, I heard an amen. I heard like, like hell yeah. Like I heard like some claps, like after that monologue. So like it was actually a good, like, I don't know, not like a, not any dude. That's how it should know. be. That's how it uh, should be received. Yeah. Yeah, but but man, I I had um I had a couple sitting right next to me, probably in their thirties, I'd say, um, and I mean the movie was funny. It like I, I'm not trying to say that it wasn't, but this couple they laughed at everything, <laughs> and I mean like I mean parts that were just like not funny at all, like whatsoever. I mean, but and it's not just like a little like chuckle. This like the guy was going. Like that was his laugh. Like and, and it was like so much, like all the time. And it was like the uh the line of, of Barbie, like, do you guys ever think about death? And it cuts like quiet. Like, you know, it like there's no like sound, like all the music dies out, it's very quiet. He lets out like that laugh, super long, and like it's the only thing you can hear in the theater is just his laugh. And then you, other people laughed at his laugh. Because of, like, because of it. And, like, that happened a couple times. Mm. Um, and, like, same during guy the time. At that moment, whenever she said, do you guys ever mm. think about dying? And it goes silent. Same guy who goes pretty much later in the movie went, what? Yeah. Yeah, I just, I don't know. Some theaters, it's just a gamble. You never know what you're going to yeah, get. It's like, people and... are coming back to theaters, I think, for the first time in a long time. And this has definitely been a draw for a lot of people to come back to theaters. So I think the mm. theater etiquette is just not there um especially coming from someone who like i've been going to movies since they reopened like it's just mm-hmm. weird vibe sure. no I it's think changed it's changed quite a bit uh post infinity war and endgame that changed theaters that forever too. like for people getting up and cheering and like I, that like didn't happen like i don't know like i remember i went to see movies and you'd hear like i don't know some claps or some like subtle when the credits subtle old, bro. yeah but like i mean now it's like you gotta, I don't know, there's yeah. just a different kind of thing. Not always. Like, I went to um, the Barbie showing that was, like, the Barbie party, so we had, like, you know, everyone was dressed up. It was packed. It was, like, a marble mm-hmm. premiere. Um, but pretty, it was pretty much, you know, respectful as as long as you you can audibly react to things, but, you know. Be In aware. the right moments. You yeah. know, yeah. like, that's... that's Cheers, it's kind of nice, but, like, you know, just... Yeah. Yeah. There's not a. Uh, I, I adored this movie, but there's there's not a moment in it where I as I felt like I needed to express myself to the rest of the people in the movie theater, mm-hmm. which is what this gentleman two rows behind me certainly <laughs> felt like doing. That's really. Uh, yeah. I couldn't believe it, man. I was when he said pretty much. I I about fucking lost it. I was just like, oh my god, dude! Nobody has ever missed the point more. Like, as as a dude saying that in that moment, just just shut up, just shut up. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. Like it's all it's okay. You can sit in silence for a second. Uh, you know you don't you don't have to talk through vulnerability every time. You can just sit with it a little bit. Uh, no, I, I and I that person had a great time, and I'm glad they had a fun time. So, yeah. like, it could have been much worse. There could have been someone audibly reacting in a negative way, which that was. Yeah, that was my thought. Is I like these people were laughing at everything, and it was annoying at some points. But then I'm like, man, 
they're enjoying the hell out of this movie. Like, mm. they're having a blast with this movie. And that's what I, like, kind of thought in the back of my head. I'm like, I wish I could enjoy a movie this much. Like, I, like, I'm enjoying it. I'm having a good time myself. But, man, these people are, like, they're on cloud they're nine. Like, life. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but. Yeah. I, uh, no, I, I. I had a great time with this movie and it was mostly uh, the visual experience of uh, this movie uh, directed by Greta Gerwig uh, cinematography by Rodrigo Prieto, who is actually going to be doing killers of the flower moon also. Uh, So got a lot forward out of that gentleman, man. Yeah. That's some variety there. Yeah. Yeah, I did Wolf of wall street. Uh, Very, very talented cinematographer. And uh, it, it comes through in this one, man. Uh, there are some shots. And it's but like, especially growing up with all the Barbie stuff, like that's what it looks like. Like that's what you would imagine in your head, like when you were playing, what that would look like. And it's so like every little detail, like when she's brushing her hair, but she's not actually touching her hair. Oh, the shower, the water not running. Yeah, oh, the water not running. Her two D pool that she goes in with the slide, like. Just the milk pouring, you know, pouring it, but not actually pouring it. Like the, the, like some things were real, but then not like, and like, yeah, I have, I have a little niece and she has a Barbie dream house in, in like her, her playroom here. And like, it looked almost like, like, I mean, it's almost like, I mean, that might be the same house. Like, I don't know. I'm, um, but it, it was really cool how they like, they really went into that. They were like, no, we're like in Barbie land. It's going to be like how you played with the Barbies. Um, and like, it's I never played with Barbies that. myself. Yeah. But like with my niece now, like I see her playing with them and that's, that's how she plays with them. And like, uh, she does have a weird Barbie, um, already, um, already mm-hmm. gotta have a weird Barbie. Um, yeah, cut, cut the hair was cut first. I think that was the first thing that was done. And then markers, um, all over like makeup was, was her, um, that's what she thought she was giving Barbie a makeover. Yeah. Um, that's how you learn. Yeah, you know, you gotta gotta have a weird Barbie. It just means you're you're playing with them more. Um, you know what? I love that it is represented by Kate McKinnon. Uh, yes, performance as weird Barbie. That was awesome. She's a perfect casting for that role. I mean, my God, and that's what's so great about this movie is that, like, in in something that could have been taken as unseriously as something could be taken. Mm-hmm. They took this extremely seriously, and like every movie, every single role felt like it was designed for the for, for the person playing it. Uh, America Ferrera was incredible as Gloria, Margot Robbie again, incredible as Barbie, Ryan Gosling as Ken. I, I people are like, ah, oh, there's so many people I would have rather saw in that role. Will Ferrell as the CEO of Mattel is spot fucking on. That's like that's his bag. <laughs> that was awesome. No, and like it is interesting how they portrayed Mattel. Um, and like how it like cubicle, super just big conglomerate, like, you know, like, um, I wonder if they like, yeah, if they had to like, okay, you know, like, they did they had so to be okay with was, being portrayed like that, you know, um, that was the one part of the movie that felt a little bit weird to me tonally because you go from Barbie land, which is so beautiful and stylized and like out of this world. And then you go into the real world and they're in Venice Beach, and, like, everything feels pretty realistic, and I think that was, mm-hmm. only that made sense, that there's such a shift between those two worlds. And then you get to the Mattel headquarters, and it's back to that very, like, stylized, very unrealistic, very, like, almost magical kind of feel, and 
I think that was the only point in the movie where I was like, this doesn't totally seem to make sense to me because you'd think that you'd want it to be hyper realistic just to. Yeah. And I, and I think it's because Mattel was like, you're not gonna, we have to do this in a way that's very like not actual Mattel headquarters. And the, the yeah. president of Mattel was involved in the making of the movie. I did. Hmm. Okay. 100%. Uh, the Mattel side of the storyline, um, is easily the worst part of the movie. Yeah. It um, doesn't make any sense. It, it it doesn't uh it doesn't need to be here either yeah. uh the way that it kind of resolves itself where you could t- like that's the only time where you could feel studio interference hard is the way the ceo is like kind of like he's trying to be a good guy but he's also not a good guy but he's trying to be a good guy no he's not he's just a bad guy that's all women work for us there was a woman ceo and then one more. That's there was a, another that's, woman at some point. There, that's, that's at that's least two. two. Yeah, like I mean, like I guess to get like the jabs in there. Like there, there were like like oh, like no, that that's a dumb idea. And then the guy behind, like oh no, that'll make money. He's like oh, great idea, you know. So like I guess they they had the like capitalism, like you know, mm-hmm. big yeah. mega corporation jabs thrown in there, but it just wasn't it, consistent enough. Yeah. I just think it would have worked better if it was just a very like boring office. If Barbie mm-hmm. walks into Mattel headquarters and it's just a boring office with with a bunch of guys in the corner office, and it's like, oh, this is this is what Barbie Land came from. Like, I think that it just it didn't make sense because it made me feel like Barbie didn't actually experience the real world, and so the ending was then like, okay, I still buy it. I still buy that she wants to be human, but it was just a weird tonal shift from what I thought would make the most sense of her in the real mm. world. Yeah, I uh I tend to agree. The cuz the, the the like cubicle side of the Mattel headquarters was like that's relatively on point, but then you get into that the the boardroom, yeah, the back rooms. The oh, the, oh that. Okay. Realized. It wasn't like the real. the window isn't even showing what's actually outside. It becomes yeah. it becomes like a, a a mythical land again. And that's they the only in- time where it's like kind of inconsistent. Like is Mattel a magic hub? That's why Barbie Land's a yeah. thing. It's not really fleshed out. And then Ruth Handler's there and it's like, but she's been dead a long time. Like she's been so kept in a back room. Yeah. So and yeah. that's something too that like I never like I don't think this movie needs to justify things like that. In fact, I really enjoy that they don't. You know, I like that there's no explanation why if you take this route to the real world, that's you just end up in the real world. And if you take it backwards, you end up back in Barbie land. And that's all that that is. You know, I'm I'm 100% cool with that. Mm-hmm. I'm cool with uh, Ruth being in a back room and stuff. It's just that, like, when you're when you are portraying like that, that has to be the case, that there is some sort of magic thing going on at Mattel, which is like, yeah. You know what it That's kind of cool. reminded me of, and maybe it's just because Will Ferrell is a part of this, but like an elf when he goes from the North Pole to like New mm. York City, like that I think would be mm. like the kind of dissonance that you need. Like, oh, it's literally claymation, and then he's just in an office building in New York. Yes. I felt like that would probably have worked better. Yeah. There were a lot no, of that, that's movie 100%. references. Yeah, like the movie references in here were actually pretty cool. Like the opening, a lot of like th- there were some people were like. Like I heard, like is this Barbie? Like out of like at the very beginning, like the two thousand one A Space Odyssey opening, and like some people were like, "Are we in the right? Like, are we in the right theater?" And then like then the narration, you know, narrator started, and like it it made it made more sense. But like I, I thought that was that was really cool how like they they 
paid homage to a lot of like really big movies like the matrix the the heel and the birkenstock you know choice that she was given it's like no 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 okay actually let me do this again you're you're not actually there's not actually a choice you're supposed to take the birkenstock obviously the come heel. on Barbie. no I'll and, take yeah. the heel. I want to go back no yeah no i'll take i'll take the heel i don't want cellulite that's not that's not <laughs> yeah, something no, i want i was listen i i was like i can't imagine leaving barbie land either yeah right yeah leaving barbie land for the real world fuck no um I wish I, I had a morning like Barbie did. Like I wish I was bed, friends in Barbie land, bro. Oh, dude! If I could just do beach all day, every day. Oh my I, god! My job was just beach. It's I'm not lifeguard. That's a common misconception. I'm not surfer either. Just beach, and it is a not lifeguard. <laughs> Ryan Gosling's uh, comedic cadence <laughs> is so fucking good. That I dude is so him. funny. I love him, and I feel like. In terms of Ryan's, he's always gotten overshadowed by Reynolds, and I've never understood that. Because I truly believe that Gosling could do Deadpool, but Reynolds could never do Ken. Never. Ooh, that's a good take. That's a really good take. Yeah. Um, I think he's he's a really good dramatic actor, too, Ryan Gosling. Mm -hmm. He's so funny. Like, his comic timing is just... Oh, and that's the thing is that like I, I knew Ryan Reynolds, or not Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Gosling from a young age because of The Notebook. And, and, and the likes of that. But then in the, in the last decade or so, you get crazy, stupid love and then you get, uh, uh, the nice guys and then you get Barbie where he is so fucking funny in all three of those. And then just sprinkled in there one of my favorite movies of all time in La La Land where he's also giving a great performance. Like just, uh, just a wonderful film. Blade Runner 2049. I'm not a huge fan of the movie, but he's really fucking good in it. Yeah. Like, great dude's dude's got the chops and margot robbie the way that her career trajectory is gone dude she is also incredible and she's i think more so than she's ever gotten a chance to show off she's gotten she got a chance to show off some comedic chops once again with barbie Mm. uh yeah she's she's just a great choice for barbie too because i think on the surface you see her as just like a very beautiful woman but she has she's has so much talent and so much craft behind what she does and she has a range too i mean she was harley quinn exactly Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. no, I, I think I was I was debating like on performance. Like I'm like, does it maybe go to Ryan Gosling? And I'm like, no, that just, for one doesn't even feel right. Like no, I, I was like seeing if if anyone beat Margot in here, and I I I think Margot Margot gets the performance, but the character is where I'm going back and forth. I mean, Ken, like Ryan Gosling was just so funny, and like I mean, just like his his character development, I thought was just the funniest part of the movie. Like when he, he's in the real world and like Barbie's just having it rough, you know, I mean, she's just getting cat called. Just like, it's, it's rough. Ken's like, all right, just go take a walk, you know? And he's just, he's having the time of his life. He's like, Oh my God, people are amazing. Someone even asked me for the time, you know, like, and like, and then he gets back to, to Barbie land and like, he says that someone even asked me for the time. I'm like, what? No way. You know, like even like something as simple as that. And like the patriarchy, how he's like, yeah, whenever I figured out it just wasn't about horses, I, I kind of gave up on it. You know, like how just simple like their mindsets were. Um, I thought I thought Ryan Gosling just killed Ken. Like, I mean, oh my god, he he did such a good job. Um, he gets my uh, Ryan Gosling. The only nod I'm giving him is my line. Mm. Uh, I'm giving him my line because the delivery of it is one of my favorite comedy beats of His all time. His line readings in this movie were insane. 
they were peak. Uh, whenever Barbie returns to Barbie land and she goes to apologize to Ken and is like, I want to be your long distance, low commitment, whatever mm-hmm. the fuck girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And he's like, mm-hmm. Would you give me a second? And then he walks, walks out of sight and just yells, sublime. <laughs> I, I fucking like love it. That he ad libbed that. <laughs> yeah. Like that's not in the script. That had, had, to be, had to be the case. I don't know. I like to think that oh. I feel like sublime isn't even a word that Ken would know. <laughs> no, yeah. Like, that's Ryan Gosling just doing what he wants with it, I feel like. And if it's not, respect to Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach for that beat because that is yeah. so fucking funny. Uh, him just delivering sublime. That's my favorite line. Uh, no doubt. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, I, I, I am going to go Margot Robbie for the performance as well. What about you, Claire? Yeah. Uh, performance? I actually want to give it to America Ferreira. Good. Ooh. Okay, glad she's getting flowers. Because that... Yeah, she yeah. was... I mean, because I haven't seen her... She used to be in everything when we were kids, but I haven't yeah. seen her in a long time. And, yeah, there's... I don't know if you all caught that little Gotta Kick It Up reference at the end. Have you ever seen that Disney Channel movie? Mm-mm. <sighs> no, I don't I think know. I have. Okay, so America Ferreira is an eight Disney Channel original movie from, like, probably the late 90s. Um about a cheerleading squad and their motto is like si sepoide which i guess i never knew ah. was like a, a political thing but yeah so that reference i was oh, like that's what that was yeah i did he okay. snuck in a 2001 hmm. decom reference into this movie and that's when i felt the most seen i've ever felt in my life right um, but i she's just i missed her i forgot how wonderful she was and i think that i hope that she's oh. No, I love America Ferrera. I'm very, I'm split for character between Barbie and Gloria because uh. America Ferrera is fantastic in this movie. And, you know, she was, like you said, she was in everything when we were, when we were kids, you know, like I remember all the time, my mom loved Ugly Betty. Yeah. She loved Ugly Betty. And when I was like, uh, when I was a young kid, it was always on. And I, I, I knew America Ferrera from like a young age. So seeing her in this years later, and I've, I've, I've watched a few episodes like Superstore, you know, like that's a really popular sitcom lately. Uh, she's, she's just extremely talented. And I like to think that she's about to have like a, like a moment, you know, like, uh, mm. cause she's, she deserves it. She's been an incredible actress for a super long time. And, uh, I, you know what? I will give her, I will give her character because Gloria was just a wonderful, wonderful addition to this movie. And it's kind of the beating heart of it. Uh, her story was really good. And like, honestly, probably, I don't know. It might be maybe the best part of the story. Like, um, just like her, her daughter, you know, being the, like you expect, um, Barbie that that's the, the thing that she needs to fix when she goes into the real world is, is the daughter. And like, you know, it, it not playing with the Barbie more, but then it turns out, no, that's, it's Gloria, and it's her, like, she's just, was she just, like, a secretary or something, like, and, yeah, like, she was, but yeah. she, like, she, like, had her own drawings, but that just, like, on her own time, yeah, or was she, that, like, yeah, no, I think, I think that she would show it to people, and they would think that it was weird, and okay. so she never, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. but yeah, I love that it was, I, like, the mom being sad that, like, her daughter was growing up, and that was what mm-hmm. Barbie had to fix, because I feel like, there was a lot in this um, movie that was geared toward, like, the millennial age, because that's really, like, people who are playing with Barbies, but that was kind of the shift of, like, maybe Barbie isn't good for girls. That's kind of, like, the shift that mm. I grew up with. Um, so to see that it was, like, she never really let go of, like, that little playfulness and that girlishness and, like, how she's wearing that gray suit, but she has her pink sneakers on. Like, there's that, like, undercurrent of the femininity. Mm-hmm. 
up. So, yeah, I thought that was really the best twist of the whole movie. Yeah, and really fulfilling for the daughter. I feel like I'm, I'm like, oh, her name is it Sasha? Sasha. Sasha. Yeah, when like Sasha like comes around and is like, no, mom, your drawings are awesome. They're weird and dark, but like they're awesome. And like, I like that. Like it was really fulfilling just to see like them like kind of embrace each other at the end, like after like the vote went through and like just the daughter seeing how happy it made the mom and like it, it like brought them closer together. And like I guess I, I didn't really like I never had like a, a ugly cry or like a super cry, but there are a few few points where I like I, I teared up a little bit and that was that was definitely one of them when like they just were embracing each other and like I don't know, I feel like Gloria's storyline was was written very, very well. And I had a full I had a full blown ugly cry in this really i i I had a sob in this end and was it the answer yeah the what was i made for yeah that's true yeah no billy Uh, eilish just and that's my favorite shot is ruth and barbie in the void like when we cut to that i got chills and then i think that's when she delivers uh the line like uh we mothers uh stand still so we could see how so our daughters can look back and see how far we've come and then it does this just beautiful montage of women living their lives. That's and I was true. Like, okay, I'm, you're right. I, I was crying through off, there. Dude. Okay. It's no, like, I was not expecting this to be the ending of this movie. Exactly. Yeah, oh, my God. Was that also, like, it showed, like, Margot Robbie's eye, like, starting to cry, and then, like, it faded into, like, something else? I remember that shot. And that was almost when I went with uh, – maybe it was a different part of the movie. That might have um, been like, the part – when I think that was the part when she was realizing that Gloria was the girl that she had to help. Mm-hmm. Ah. Oh, about her it. memories. That's right. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, but no, that that last scene with Ruth was was awesome. Yeah, that's that's no like, doubt my shot, and I wanted to give it some respect because that just that whole scene just made me uh, made me a mess, and uh, mm. I absolutely adored it. But uh, what about you guys? What are your favorite shots in this movie? start with claire um i'm gonna go basic it's the shot of her stepping out of the heel and then her foot is still i mean i I, like screamed when i saw that in the trailer the first time that's (laughs) so amazing what do you call that barbie's heel uh i don't know like pointed toe Barbie pre flat f- flat yeah. feet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like just everyone like throwing up Barbie, on the beach. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like the supporting cast in this movie is so good, save for like literally one guy. Um, Who was uh, one guy save for? Seema Lou. Uh, yeah, let's talk about this for a second. What was he doing in this movie? Bro, is just, it's just Seema Lou in a different font, man. He's the same guy in everything he's in. He I. Uh, it's tired. Right. I know. Yeah. I was I was really excited. I'm like, all right, let's let's see what you know. Someone yeah, can come out of Marvel and do yeah. you know? Let's you know. Let's let's see his range. I don't know. Let's see what he can do. And like, he was just like a little too douchey. You know, like I don't know. And maybe that's what he was supposed to be. And I, I think it like was. Oh, one hundred percent. Have you seen the interview where people are asking uh, co-stars of Barbie who is the most like their character? Margot Robbie says Simu Lu. Really? Yeah, like that. That was her Ooh. answer, uh, wow. which is not not an endorsement not of character. That's not good. Yeah, no. no. Um, and but he's, the other... he said some idiotic shit in the past. That dude's I, like, I just yeah. do not. Yeah. I don't. Fu- mm. I don't fuck with Simu Lu on the whole. I also but, uh, just feel like he. Yeah, he's not 
doing any acting in this movie. You know who could have just destroyed that role? Raccoonie from Everything Everywhere All at Once. The guy, the guy who has the raccoon on his head. I don't know his name, but I fucking love that guy, and I think he could have destroyed this shit. Uh, I think he could have been so good. Uh, cause the dude's got the moves. I know that. I'm pretty sure he was in Glee for like a couple seasons as a dancer. So like, and that's like, if there's a reason you have Simu Lu in this movie, it's, it's because he can dance. He can dance his ass off. And in those dance numbers, he's pretty prominent. Uh, I was really disappointed that he was like the prominent other Ken. Yeah. I like, feel like Kingsley Benadir and Shutigatwa. Like, they're so many. Man, yeah, that, I know he was. I think he did a really good job because, like, I, I was watching Secret Invasion. I just know him as Gravik. Um, whenever I was watching, and like, he did, he did okay. Like, he was all right as Gravik, but I think this is got chops. He's a good actor. Yeah. Uh, I like, I liked him in this a lot more. Um, and I like Shutigatwa a lot because he, you know, he was in Sex Education, and uh, he's about mm-hmm. to be the new Doctor for Doctor Who. Um, oh. like this man's got a fucking career on the way. <laughs> Um, I, I love of, looking at the IMDb. education hmm. crossovers here. It's a great Netflix series, or at least it was for the first couple seasons. Uh, hmm. Emma Mackey as one of the Barbies, incredible. Uh, Shutigato as one of the Kens, and then uh, Connor Swindellis uh, as the one of the executives who's just always kind of around. All of them are in sex education, so it was a cool hmm. little like little crossover there, but. Uh, yeah, I love looking at the IMDb, just seeing Barbie, 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 Barbie. Like, it's just Hi, Barbie. all Barbies. Yeah. Um, Hi, Barbie. And then Alan. Oh, man, was, like, Alan was pretty. I don't Michael know. Michael good. Yeah, like, wasn't any huge parts, you know, at all, but it, like, just, I just love every that time he rides up, with the Barbies. Like, that's, uh, I'm friends with Ken. And he, like, when he has, like, that action sequence where he's beating the shit out of dudes, and he's yeah. like, I'm Ken, all his clothes fit me. And he just, like, starts going to fucking yeah. town. Keep the car oh. running, or keep the music singing, or something like that, he says. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, no, but no, yes. Simu Lu just... Yeah, I don't an know. Underwhelming. It was it was just, yeah. And, like, the, the war between Ken's was actually pretty cool. Like, I mean, a lot of the, like, the music numbers and like whenever they they went to war before the beach off and like they were you know just like the all the fake weapons and stuff like that yeah oh man was that was pretty good yeah like you both at the same time a lot of adult humor that's why like i don't think it it, like i it's gonna go over a kid's head you know instantly you're not you like kids aren't gonna think about it and a lot of people are like no this isn't a kid's movie they may they say vagina they say you know beat you off they have like a lot of these adult like things and it's like no, it's like SpongeBob. You know, like yeah. if a kid's watching SpongeBob, all the sexual like there's so much, so many like adult jokes in SpongeBob that you don't realize as a kid at all. But then like you watch it as an adult, and you're like, oh wow, okay, that's yeah. uh that's pretty nuts that this isn't a kid show. And I think that's that's like the perfect balance for like a kid, a movie that's meant for kids, but also that any adult can go in and watch and have a good time too. Um, I think the the reason I would say it's not for kids just because thematically, um, I think that the content is just a little too mature to understand. I think it might be a little bit boring. Um, mm. I, yeah, I, I don't. I could see maybe a, a younger teenager, but I wouldn't say that like a six year old could see this movie and really make true. sense of it. Yeah. Um, nor should they have to. Um, which I think is the only thing. Like, if I were a kid and I were really little and this movie was coming out and I realized I couldn't see a Barbie movie, I'd be really upset. Right, right. 
Yeah, and, and that's the thing is that I don't think it's completely inaccessible to younger kids. You know, like I think I look back on a lot of movies that I watched as a small child and rewatching them now I'm like, "Oh, there was no way I understood that." Yeah. It, like there's 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 a lot of wh- there's a lot of uh if you have pretty visuals and fun songs and stuff like that, I think it's I think there is a certain level of just mm. like kids can get into that. Uh and obviously like story-wise, they're not they're not comprehending shit anyway. So like that's uh that's why, like, ultimately, I think that I think it's it's obviously it's PG thirteen. So, like, it's like it is for that age. That that's the age that it is mostly targeted at. But yeah, as far as the messaging of the film, it's not getting across to a young young child. Like, that's mm. it could uh, it could kind of you know if you start watching this at a young age and grow up watching it and just sort of like forming your sort of world mm-hmm. view around it it could be very beneficial i think um but uh what uh let's see claire have we gotten your favorite character yet how about that um no i said favorite performance but um favorite character i'm gonna go with barbie yeah stereotypical barbie stereotypical barbie <laughs> yeah i figured um yeah she i mean i was- i was i was trying to think of like anyone else who could do this role like i mean Margo. I have to say, so, like, the way that I play with Barbies is that, like, I had a Barbie who was my stereotypical Barbie, and, like, she was Barbie mm. and everyone else was Barbie around her, and she looked exactly like Margo Robbie. Mm. So, it was very nostalgic for me. Nah. I love yeah, she that. was just perfect. Yeah, I, I just, I can't think of, of anyone else who could, who could have done it. And I, yeah, I think I, I was in between on shots, because I don't really know how to count the this shot, like whenever they're going from Barbie land to the real world and it's like mm-hmm. all the different, it's like multiple shots yeah. in one, yeah. but it is that like slow pan. I really, really like that. But I think the, the shot that I remember like right away was whenever she was on top of her dream house, looking out on Barbie, yes. looking out on Barbie land. And like, you just saw everything. It's before like she jumped out and like, yeah. was like landed in her car. But like, yeah. you just saw all of Barbie land. Like, and I don't know. I thought it was, it was just really nice. So like, if it's a standalone shot, like freeze frame, I think that's what I go with. But the I really like the transition between like Barbie Land and the real world, just like mm. and like how they called back to it. You know, like everyone else that was making the trip too. Um, and those were toys really cool. that you could get. Like you could get Camper Barbie, you could get like Spaceship Barbie. Oh like, yeah, the Barbie ambulance. That's that's that's, that's my niece's one of her favorite toys. She has three of them. Literally, she has three Barbie ambulances by accident. It was like it was just one of her birthdays and like three people just so happened to get her a Barbie ambulance. So she has three of them now. Um, but, but yeah, no, it was, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I love like, even like Ken, like after, like, you know, whenever it's, it's his house now and he's thrown out all of her clothes, yeah, the but then you see like, them, you see them like perfectly like freeze in the air and it's like, Oh, yeah. buy, buy this outfit. Buy this. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, I thought, and then Will Ferrell being in there like, oh, I thought we could discontinue that one a while ago. Or like, these are <laughs> these are from the archives. Or like, you know, or like whatever. Um, I also have to say no. Pregnant Midge, that was a doll we had. And it was weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that is weird. that is a strange doll to have. Because she yeah. had like a magnetic stomach that you could remove and like the baby was inside. So then like she wouldn't be pregnant anymore, but then you could put the pregnant stomach back. Like it was it was weird. I will give them that mm. one. That is a bizarre. That is a bizarre it's toy. Bizarre. And the baby was uh, like all curled up inside the stomach, and you take out the baby. Yeah. 
Huh. Yeah, Man. all the discontinued Barbies, the other ones, like the, the pumping one. up. Yeah, like <laughs> boobs get bigger. I'm like, I don't know if that's a kid. You know, that's a weird kid's toy. That's that's really yeah, weird. I, the yeah, TV in the back. Like yeah. Um, I feel like there was one more discontinued one they had in the, the, the in TV weird Barbie's house. In the... Man, I feel yeah. I don't know. I feel like I'm missing another one though. Um, Alan. Oh, the sugar daddy Ken. That was a real one. Alan's discontinued. Yeah. Oh, Alan yeah. is a real one. Alan is a real toy. Huh. Yeah. Um, but that okay. he was like the '60s. Yeah, that's a very that was a very short lived short lived character in the Barbie verse. Uh, other Kens too. Like, there's a Steven. There's someone else. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. I have a book yep. of Barbie history if anyone wants to see it. But wow. Hell yeah. And Hell I yeah. was was the uh, the old lady at the bus stop was that actually like actual Ruth? Um, I don't think so. I think people had said that, but I think that she's an actual actress. That's my favorite scene. I love that. The scene. bus stop? Uh, yes. Whenever she's sitting there, I love whenever someone takes in everyday shit like uh, it's the first time they've seen beauty in the world. That's my favorite thing. I fucking love it. When it happens in like Soul, my God, I love that scene. Uh, there are so many movies whenever it like, Whenever she's just looking around, she sees like the trees mm-hmm. blow with the wind and birds oh. fly overhead, and uh, and then she looks to her side and she sees everything she's afraid of becoming, but can see the beauty in this woman. That was the other time that I cried. Like, like that I was, was like, nice. I, I yeah. loved that scene, dude. And, like that was all the while, she, like tears are coming down like her face. Yeah, you know, like she's she goes just crying. Like, she just goes, "You're beautiful." And the woman goes, I know it. I was like, fuck yeah, you do. I love that shit. I heard that uh, that scene was almost cut. Yeah, it what? was. It was almost cut. It's the fucking heart of the movie. And it was almost cut because executives thought it kind of threw off the threw off the pace of the movie. Which is fucking stupid. They are so dumb in every regard. Yeah, what? Yeah, no, I, I don't know. It's you, I just... It was really nice, like, her just looking up in the trees. Like, I don't know, like, it really, like, it was half, like, just up in the trees and, like, just with nature. Like, you just heard nature sounds, and then, like, you go back down. You see, like, some people having fun. You see one guy that's, like, really sad, you know, but, like, it's still, like, a good moment. Like, just seeing, like, every, like, it's, it is the real world. Like, that's just, it is how it is. Um, but no, that, I don't know. That's crazy. They almost cut that. That's, I mean, I heard they did cut, like, a farting something like there was a mar or greta gerwig really wanted like a, a fart, like a fart opera. opera yeah i'm like i, I kind of want to see that like release the fart I cut you know like cut. yeah like release that i, I really i don't know I, I need to see that um, I, I saw people talking about the test screenings like a few of the differences that like people who got to see the test screenings versus what hmm. ended up being there um apparently alan is much more prominent in the final cut than he was in the original cut of uh of the testing of the test film the farts were very prominent but someone said that uh opera is kind of overselling it it's like five farts like and that's just kind of it um okay so not not anything i'm expecting then yeah i was no, expecting I like a whole like musical a, number i think it's like a symphony like a whole yeah like yeah. another musical number that we just missed out on is what like some people were like blown it up as but okay it's probably just a just like a one one joke that was yeah, thrown in there or yeah, something. Just a little, just a so little I was trying thing. to think is like, could they even fart? 
you know, no, like no, they don't have they, like that's the thing is that it would have had to have been real world people doing the fart opera, which yeah. probably like there was probably a logic hole in it if it was probably. in Barbie Land, you know. Maybe Ken hears a fart in the real world. He's like, I don't know what this is, but it was so funny. Like it was the funniest thing I've ever heard. And he comes back and they just try to replicate it, but they can't. I don't know or something like that. Um, but no, I I love like the like. Ken just absorbing everything, just being a man, like a man, man, you know, he's just. Yeah, everything like, he has perceived masculinity yeah. to be is yeah. hilarious. I'd like um, a high paying job and, uh, or whatever. And is is like, oh, well, you know, you usually need a PhD or whatever. And he's like, but I'm a man, you know, he's like, but isn't that, isn't that enough? You know, like, I, I don't understand. Um, like, I just. Him going through the real world was just hilarious. I I I just I don't know I love Kent like Ryan Gosling was just amazing in this, um and like the fact that he owned it like in all the interviews for like the movie he was just he was still playing Ken in that those interviews like, interview yeah. man there's an interview he did that has not left my mind where he's just like talking to the camera and taking the quote out of context without seeing the way he's delivering it is already funny but then watching him go they're they're kenning they're kenning all over each other they're kenning everywhere everyone is kenning and uh, he's like holding back laughter as he's delivering this little he's like i mean they're they're kenning what can you say they're they're kenning all over each other and he like yeah. starts to giggle like it's it's so fucking funny ken uh, needs two pairs of sunglasses one to hide your own sadness and the next one mirrored to reflect Barbie's greatness back onto her. Like, I mean, just like <laughs> everything he said in interviews were like, it's not in the movie. Like he just come, he's he just, just came playing Ken. That. Like he's just, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Like he's Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling. Like it, that, I mean, there's just perfect yeah. casting for this. Casting. And, and I love the, the comparisons people are making to like Christopher Nolan and Greta Gerwig. Like, and also mm -hmm. now we just got off of our like Nolan uh, spotlight and like now we're in the girl week like like how nolan started out with you know his movies he wanted to make and then he got a big franchise movie with with batman you know and that that was you know his his start and i you know like and they're thinking greta's following like a, a similar path now that she has you know a big ip movie with barbie um her next movie's gonna be i don't i don't know what i guess but like people are like um i don't know i think her, her rise has been faster than nolan's though like i mean she has she's taken over now like she she yeah. has won the summer like that's for sure greta gerwig has she won this year um she has has the blockbuster already like past 500 million or something like that it's um 700 million oh worldwide. my god holy uh, crap like that's that the grossing film by a female director is yes gonna make a it, billion oh yeah that barbillion yeah. Oh is easy um or billion oh yeah man. it's uh th they're 100 percent gonna get a billion it had the biggest second weekend in warner brothers history wow like yeah. we're talking every yeah. batman movie ever uh it was previously the dark knight had the sec the biggest second weekend ever barbie now has the biggest second weekend ever uh wow the the numbers oppenheimer and barbie are putting up right now are fucking insane like uh uh, second weekend they dropped 45 percent ish each like sales from first week to second week which is insane um like uh for comparison i'm pretty sure like quantum mania dropped like 60 
and oh, Guardians okay. of the Galaxy Volume 2 dropped like 55-ish. Like, it's like, uh, they, they're, people are seeing these movies and that's, uh, that's super fucking cool, man. Like, I, I just, I just love that. Um, it's very organic the way that came about too. It was like, just kind of latched onto this idea of Barbenheimer and. <laughs> Yeah, like, I don't think it could have, they could have planned it out more perfect. Yeah, like, at first I'm like, oh, this is actually, like, terrible. Two big movies being released at the same time that are so different. Like, that's just going to be, like, it's going to take away from from both movies. But if anything, I think it just fueled. No, it's the biggest dual opening yeah. movies ever. Yeah. Like, no, don't make biggest... more movies about toys. Just put two big movies, release them on the same day, and have a marketing war, and then everyone will just... The marketing does itself, you know, like, I mean, everyone was obsessed It'll with Arbenheimer. always be funny to me that Warner Brothers was trying to kind of fuck with Christopher Nolan by releasing Barbie on the same weekend, and then they ended up accidentally boosting his film like crazy. Because, to yeah. be uh, honest, how many people were going to see that the first opening weekend without this type? Oppenheimer? They were not. They, uh, <laughs> that, that, Years down the line, you, you see on TV. Not that yeah. it's not good, it's just something that, like, you're not going to sit three hours in the movie theater. No, yeah, like I, I said this on our Oppenheimer episode that that movie does not make the money it makes unless the Barbenheimer moment happens. Like yeah. that, the fact that all this happened was kind of a perfect storm for Christopher Nolan and the yeah. the, the way he's lining his pockets now because he's making there a shit go. ton of money on the Barbie. Back the definitely office. boosted Oppenheimer, but I think Barbie would have still had Barbie was gonna, so was gonna regardless. Yeah. Like it probably got like a little boost from Oppenheimer, just like for a couple, you know, like a five percent boost compared to like Oppenheimer's like fifty percent boost that it got from Barbie. You know, like the, mm-hmm. the, it's not the same both ways, but like. No, I, I think and, just, and, and neither nor would I expect it to be like the PG thirteen accessible family movie. Yeah, that's what I based off the biggest toy in the history of toys. I expect that to make more money the, yeah. than the three hour historical drama yeah. biopic. Yeah. The summer about the creation of yeah. the worst thing humans have ever yeah. created. You know, like yeah. that's. Mm-hmm. not something i'd expect to succeed overwhelmingly and the fact that it has can probably be owed to the fact that it came out on the same day as barbie mm-hmm. um but yeah. uh i there are all sorts of nods i could see this getting uh as far as uh oscars are concerned i think margot robbie's a shoe-in for best leading actress nom i don't know Ryan what her Hoslin. position is this year who else is like, you know, um i'd say so far greta lee in past lives might be oh, yes. the only one that I could note yeah, as like, being who else is even like lead actress. That's then. the thing is that like, we have not gotten a ton of, a ton of like Oscar worthy movies so mm-hmm. far this year. Uh, as far as that, as far as that category is concerned, mm-hmm. but, uh, as far as that, it's her and Greta Lee right now. Ryan Gosling is definitely, as of right now, the the best supporting actor of the year. Um, it's gonna come down to him and Robert Downey Jr. and that's gonna be hysterical. Robert Downey Jr. and then like later this year with Killers yeah, of the Flower Moon, you got yeah. Bob De Niro and Jesse yeah, Plemons, and like it's gonna be a crazy year. Like it, like when it comes to those categories, but uh, I think production design a shoe in just oh, based off costume, costume design. If they don't get production, if they don't get costumes, design. like there's something going on. Yeah. Uh, I really, I think if anything, I want Greta to get Best Director. There's been, I, I think, three that. female Best Directors in all of history. Yeah, Chloe Zhao, I think, was the last one for yeah. Nomadland. 
Um, I would love if anything for her to just get best director. I mean, I would absolutely adore that. I think this year, though. I think Christopher Nolan might have that one in the bag this year. Uh, well, Scorsese, right? With, yeah. Scorsese with Killers of the Flower Moon might might it's be on. Be, I, I, it's like, be an interesting. Will be probably yeah. nominated for Asteroid City. Yeah, I want Wes Nod. There's no way he wins, but I want him to get nommed. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. think that Rodrigo Prieto will get nommed for cinematography for two films. Yeah, that's great. With this and Killers of the Flower Moon. I think that, uh, you know, Hoyt, Hoyt of Van Hoytema will probably get nod. Mm. Or uh, Oppenheimer oh, yeah. and that uh, uh, oh fuck Robert Yeoman will probably get nodded for Asteroid City. Um, like there's just we've gotten a really good few strong Oscar contenders, but it's going to be the back half of the year as long as more movies don't keep getting delayed that will uh, that we're really going to start eating on that side of things. But uh, at the end of the day, though, like I don't. Like, I like all the nominations and everything, but, like, as far as who wins now, I feel like it's just... Like, the Academy Awards, I kind of don't really care about anymore. Like, I think it's just a bunch of... Just a lot of money is behind it, and, like, a lot of, like... Like, is there even a real-world vote aspect to it? Like, is that even, like... Or is it just all decided amongst... Yeah, the... So it's like... I don't know. We need, need like, a a complete, like, like, real-world... Like, no, like, anyone can vote on anything. Like, I don't, like, just, maybe, like, just a, a poll. I don't, like, something. That's just, if like, if that happened, pure, Zack Snyder's Justice League would have won really, best uh, Oh, okay. That's fair. I guess maybe we don't. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's not the best idea. Yeah, but, like, I'm that, there were, uh, speaking but, of that, the, like, jokes about right. other movies in this film, uh, very, very fucking funny. I thought that the a lot of people are saying the Snyder Cut joke didn't land, but like yeah, it cool. landed in my theater. People laughed their asses off yeah. at it. Um, yeah. The Godfather <laughs> joke was hysterical. Yeah, can um, you just start the movie over and then talk the whole way through it? Like, no, that that was perfect. I mean, like, no, yeah, all the that was amazing. Yeah, like a lot so, of people, I, like people are taking that. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, nothing. I was going to say that the people are taking those jokes, I think, in the complete wrong way, man. Like, they're making fun of the people who do this, not the movies themselves. Like, Snyder fans are all in a fucking fit because of the Snyder Cut joke, bro. They're making fun of you, not the Snyder Cut. I promise. Uh, When it comes to The Godfather, they're making fun of that guy. They're not making fun of The Godfather. Greta Gerwig, as noted on many occasions, that she loves that movie. So, like... uh. It's, no one really argues that The Godfather's a bad movie. Like, I mean, it's like that's not really an argument that's made. You know, yeah. it's it is just the tight like the joke was about people talking through like mansplaining the movie while you're watching it. Like that was the joke. That women not, can't understand that movie. Better. Yeah, exactly. Right. It was like or that's, that men understand it better. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I will, I will fully admit, I do talk through some movies, but it's more of like the passion I have of like like Interstellar. Like I. I that was a movie where like I I learned my lesson because like every time I would show it to someone I'd be like oh my god like you you can't like, like did this, you this, know ass motherfucker yeah and then um, and then like I learned I my love lesson dropping little trivia yeah. bits mm-hmm. but, we watched but, Fantastic just, Mr Fox down here yesterday mm. uh, me and Emily and at that part when like there's like the waterfall in the background I was like did you know they did that with Saran wrap you know like that's that's the shit that like that's the shit I love doing while I'm watching movies you know like. Yeah. Uh, and and every time I'm also kind of like, ah, why did I say that? You know, like yeah, why 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 did I? Have? Yeah, 
Because you'd forget to say it after the movie's over, and then, like... other person? Hmm. Yeah, you just gotta... I don't know. I've, I've learned you just gotta let the person, like, have their experience with the movie. You know, it's like... I love, you know, I love this movie for these reasons, but someone else isn't going to, you know. My exactly, least exactly favorite like type of world. person to watch a movie with is the person who will get on their phone and then ask you what's going on later. Um, mm. You know, uh, I missed this. What happened here? I'm, I don't know. That's that's usually how I respond. I go, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> you know, like you fucking figure it out. Play catch up, bro. This movie's been on the whole fucking time. Do you ever watch a movie with someone, like, and it's the first time that you're both watching this movie, and they're asking you questions about it, and it's like, I've seen as much as this <laughs> Yes. Yeah. That happens to me extremely regularly. I mean, it's been, like, me with my mom, so it's fine. It's my mom, but, like... No, it happens with my dad. That's... Yeah. yeah. It's a parent thing. It's like, no, we we both watch the same amount of this movie. Yeah. Mm. Or the people that are like, oh, like, they try to guess what's going on. They're like, because yes. you've seen the movie, but, but they haven't, and they're like, oh, does this happen? And it's like... I don't know. Watch the movie. Like I like you know. Like I bet it'll be answered. Part of I, the I, wonderful part of <laughs> watching movies is that you yeah. get to watch it happen. You know, I like, bet uh, it will be answered. I you know that that question you're having. I, I bet they come around <laughs> to that. You know, at least one time. But what uh, uh what favorites do we not have so far? Is there any that's uh, left think, out here? I haven't given my line yet. Um, and I th- Claire still has I think scene in line as well. Cool. Um, but well, my, then let's start with Claire's scene, and then we'll do uh, yeah, we'll true. do lines we'll after. Perfect. Um, my favorite scene is the entire like thirty minute opening sequence of this movie. The Lizzie <laughs> song that breaks the fourth wall, and you see all of Barbie Land. It is a perfect opening sequence of a movie. Every every shot, every it's just it's like eye candy. It's so. I want, it's so good. I want my mornings to be like that all the time. If I could just wake up, wave to all my friends go have a waffle land perfectly yeah. on my plate with the butter right on top. The Like, it was just perfect. Like, the clothes I, it, it, were all picked out. She gets in her little car. It, it reminded like, me, and this is a, a wild, it's crazy that this is where my mind went, but Lazy Town, the show, yes. um, <laughs> with, like, the guy that was up in his spaceship or whatever, like, yeah. how he got ready every morning, he, like, flipped into his pants, and, like, I don't know, like, he always had, like, stuff coming out of the walls or whatever. Like, oh, this movie had Lazy Town vibes out the ass, bro. I, I didn't even think yeah. of that. I love Lazy Town. I don't know why, but, that, yeah, I was reminded of that a lot in Barbie Land, but, no, Barbie Land was done perfectly. Like, I, it, it looked, it just looked so cool, and, like, every little, like, I, I don't know why I didn't expect him to actually, like, float into their cars or, like, and, like, even the narrator being, like, when you play with Barbies, you just pick them up and put them where you want them to go. And, like, it was just like, oh, yeah, I guess that's how they do it. Um, but, no, I, I I thought it was, like, it was just a lot of, like, very funny. But then also it just made the movie look really, really cool. And, like, it was just very unique in that sense. Like, you don't really get that a whole lot everywhere else. Um, but, yeah, like, Barbie Land, yeah, that was... I don't know, my shot, I like, I, I couldn't, like, whenever she was standing up there and it just showed all of Barbie land at, at the top of her house, I'm like, no, nah, that's, yes. that's freaking sweet. And, uh, I wonder if they built, like, a lot of that, how much of it, that it was, It is like, entirely practical. It's a, really? Yeah. So, there's actually, if you wanted to, you know how, like, Vogue or whoever does that, like, open door ad? They have one of the set. So, like, they take you all around the set. And there's something that I was reading that there is now a worldwide shortage of pink paint, because mm-hmm. of how much was used on that set, yeah, it is one hundred percent practical. Wow, yeah, it's it, and like all the the shot you were mentioning earlier, the journey from 
Barbie land to the real world. All that's 100% practical too. Like they built the, they built all that set, which it looks like they built that set. Yeah. But, you know, it's something that would be so easy to go ahead and just throw a visual effects artist at it and go, you, you mm. go ahead and paint this background for me. But like they, they built, they built all that. And that's, uh, I, I love that, that touch, you know, I love, I love a practical sense of like, it feels like the thing is there and I, I really, mm-hmm. really enjoy that. And that's how ent- all of Barbie land feels. It reminded me of, uh, another comparison that comes to mind for Barbie land was the Truman show. Uh-huh. As far as just the, the fake, the fake world that you're living in and watching like someone kind of start to go like, huh, shit ain't normal. Is it, you know, like that's kind of the, kind of the vibe. And, uh, there's actually a fun little detail that Greta Gerwig actually called the director of Truman Show to get some advice on how to make a fake world feel authentic and sort of like, hmm. uh, get, get that sort of touch in there. And she took it to a whole nother level because I feel like it's much easier to fake suburbia and, and, and that sort of vibe. But Barbie Land, you know, there ain't nothing like Barbie Land. That shit is, that shit is cool as fuck. Um. Yeah. No, that's yeah. I mean, Truman Show. That's just the real world. Like they're faking the real world. Um, not having to completely come up with a an entirely new new world where everything's a little bit different. Um, but I loved the uh, we were talking about the way that reality and Barbie Land kind of intertwined every once in a while. Ken's Mojo Dojo Casa House. So because Ken created the Mojo Dojo Casa House. Those just started getting pumped out at yeah. Mattel, right? Like it wasn't because Mattel decided to create this. It's because Ken decided to take over and, and then they were just like, we don't know where it's coming from. Mojo Dojo, Mojo Dojo Casa houses are selling out like crazy. Uh, yeah, that, I don't know. I never really thought of the, like how that worked because in the real world, I guess if drawings were made of like a bar, it affected the Barbie land, but yeah, it goes the other way too. Like it, like Barbie land can affect the real world. Um, That's bizarre. Yeah, I, guess, I, I loved guess, the yeah. lines whenever they were like Mojo Dojo Casa House. He was like, and I think it was America Ferrero who was like, you don't have to say Casa and house. Yeah. And then Sasha goes, or <laughs> Mojo Dojo. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, but it, like Ken's like, well, it's it's fun to say, try it out, and like everyone's like, Mojo Dojo, and like, no, don't say it, you know, don't give them that. It's like, yeah, like I don't know, that was was just great. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. How they they started selling like crazy, like they're just yeah. going off the shelves, and they're just going insane. Um, <laughs> let's do uh, let's do lines though, Claire. What was your favorite line of the movie? Um, I love. The whole interaction at the end with Ruth and Barbie, and I can't remember exactly the wording that Barbie says, but she says something like, "Is human just something I decide that I am?" Mm. I was like, I was not expecting that from this movie, and no. it's, uh, oh. it's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. When she was like, "I can just choose to yeah. be a human," or like, yeah, that I wonder, yeah, it's I wonder if I can that I decide that I am. if I can find the the quote, but yeah, my. My quote comes right from that scene too. And like that, I mean, Ruth, like that scene was just awesome. It, it was almost my scene that I went with, but it was Ruth saying that humans only have one ending. Ideas live forever. Yeah, um, and, and like, I, like, I don't know. I've been, it's a crazy connection to make, but like, I've been really going down like this ancient Egypt rabbit hole recently for some reason. And like, and the, the main like thing that like a lot of archaeologists say is that like, Maybe all these stories and stuff that are told about this time aren't actually like myths and stories. It's just like 
they didn't have any way to write it down and make it live like make it known forever like they didn't have the internet they didn't have anything so like maybe they made these stories to pass down to people and the the way they get crazier and crazier as time goes on because like the real people didn't know the story and like they're making up their own details or something like that and like so that's like it, like this movie got me to think of so many different things like the the real world how it's all like like government and and corporations and everything like that and then like it got like at that line i'm like thinking of the pyramids and like all these like weird things i'm like how is this barbie movie making me think of like way more things than oppenheimer you know like i like i came out of oppenheimer just like kind of yeah yeah and uh but no the barbie movie is uh the one that just i mean i was just scatterbrained the whole movie i mean like dopamine everywhere just everything pink like in barbie land like i'm just having a good time and i'm also like thinking about my own life and like the real world and like it's like yeah Greta Gerwig I don't know how you did it but man did she just she knocked this movie out of the park um I'm trying to trying to find that quote the the exact line yeah I couldn't find find the exact wording Mm -hmm. yeah but no I I remember that was another moment that just like I was already crying during that scene and then she goes so humans just a thing I can like I decide I am Oh, just tore me to shreds, man. That shit fucked me up. But uh, that was a wonderful, wonderful scene of the movie. Um, just that like void, like wherever the fuck they were. Beautiful, beautiful scenery. Uh, just, just a bunch of, and the montage they show is actually crew members, family members, oh. and like people who worked on the movie and the people they love being put into that's barbie awesome. which is very Man. very cool uh yeah like that ending when will ferrell's like oh no you're ending you you're you're in love with ken and then barbie's like no no i'm not you know like that's that's not my ending and then ruth just being like all right let me drop the mic let me walk in real quick follow me barbie let's take a walk you know yeah. like i Come i thought me. it was like a mr mattel call me mother no <laughs> no 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 <laughs> the, the little tick like I just wish I could just get up in the middle of a meeting and have everyone tickle each other, you know, like, yeah. let's just do it right now. And then like, the also, one, like, one random thing about that. Did you all also think that like Gloria was going to become like the Mattel CEO at the end? And that was just kind of, I kind of thought that's where they were going. I thought yeah. They were going to kind of ascend her to a position of power, but yeah. it is, it gives that staunch sort of realism again about the real world where they're like, yeah, we'll take your idea, but, but we're not, you're going to get Yeah. 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 yeah, no, it's a uh, yeah. The the way they handle the Mattel executive stuff is it. it I think it's inconsistent, uh, but it's uh, it's ultimately it doesn't. It's not a huge detriment to the movie or anything. It's just like oh well, you you're a little back and forth on the way you're handling this. I think um, mm-hmm. I loved the uh, Issa Rae coming out of the coming out of the pres- President Barbie being like that's right, Mother B, like and they bleep it out with the <laughs> yeah. leave it out with the Mattel logo. Uh, apparently that was a difference from the test screening as well. That was the one allotted PG thirteen fuck, and Mattel didn't let them uh, wow. didn't let them do that. Um, mm. Yeah, right after that, whenever like Barbie Land's restored, you know, the, they had their vote, everything, and then the some of the kids come up to President Barbie and like, so can, can we like have at least just one Supreme Court, you know, like position? He's like, oh no, yeah. I can't do that. Like, no, for sure, but, but be like a a lower court or something like that. And they're always like, oh my god, like I don't like I just. I I don't know the Kens like they I I think they 
the Ken's like Ken's storyline was was handled pretty well. Like yeah, the it, the Mark, I mean, the Barbie, Gloria, Ken, all part. that's good. Like every, yeah. I think literally everything else about the movie is handled with consistency and care. Mm-hmm. And that I think you could tell Greta Gerwig was trying to work around as much as she could yes, while being told what else she had to do. Um, mm. Which yeah. is another level of that sort of monologue with America Ferrera, where she's like, she's trying to be one thing, but she's not allowed to be that thing literally in the making of the film. So like, it's uh just a real, real fun meta experience there. Um, but yeah, Greta Gerwig has quickly ascended to being one of my favorite directors of all time um, through the, her last three movies. And I still need to watch nights and weekends, but uh, mm. lady bird, little women and Barbie hard pressed for a better three film run from yeah. a lot of directors, you know, I'm that's, seated uh, in the theater for whatever she's coming out with next. Like yeah. that's, yeah, that's, yeah, all these director spotlights like Wes, Nolan, and Greta. Like I am, whatever they come out with, I'm in the. Apparently, theater. she's developing some Narnia movies for Netflix. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've never gave a shit about Narnia, but I'll be there. You know, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a pull up. Uh, saw it as a kid once, I think. I don't know. And I saw was... that motherfucker who was like half goat and was like, "Never mind, I'm good." I'm cool us? That. Yeah. <laughs> Like this one isn't. This one's not for me. Not not now. Maybe I later. did open up my dressers as a kid, hoping like just. I never ah, had like a wardrobe, wardrobe like that oh, that you could open like that. But my parents did in their room, and I would always mm-hmm. open it, and being like, "Come I did on!" Too. That like, was the cool thing on. about Narnia. Yeah. I was like, yeah. "What if I could open a wardrobe and it's like a whole other world? That'd be dope." Um, well, now I'm gonna go to Venice Beach, get some rollerblades, and I'm going to Barbie Land. The fact uh, that Greta Gerwig is developing a bar uh, a Narnia movie. What was the what was that gentleman's name? That's like half goat. I think you said it a second Mr. ago. Mr. Tumnus. Timothy Chalamet is in there, bro. <laughs> that is uh that is one thousand percent his. Uh, I can see that. Oh, that's yep. great. That's that's yeah, yeah. it's over. That's uh that that is the one thing I would have wanted from this movie. Apparently uh yeah. you know Dune 2 got in the way. Uh, uh, yeah, he was supposed to be in it. If yeah. you'd have had Saoirse Ronan and Timothy Chalamet as a Barbie and Ken right. duo, could have been fucking perfect. Could have been perfect. Uh but uh do we still have your line Joe and then is that all the favorites? I already I gave mine. Mine was just the the Ruth line. Oh yes, yes. Humans Sorry. only have one inning, but ideas yeah. I went on my my pyramid yeah. rant after that. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think we, we got all the favorites down. In there. All right. All right, then. Does, do we have any, any more thoughts before we give this bad boy a rating? Hmm. Well, other than that, like, after Oppenheimer, I had that, can you hear the music? I was listening to that soundtrack over and over, but man, I... The only song I'm hearing in my head right now is I'm Just Ken. Like, I, like, that it is just... number, man, was fucking incredible. Yeah. Um, whenever they go to their own little void and they're oh. having their own big dance number, but when they all, like, come together and it, it's like, I'm just Ken and I'm enough and I'm great at doing stuff. I love yeah. that part. That's one of my favorite parts of the whole fucking movie. Uh, it, it's just front... Like this is a movie that I will watch an infinite amount of times. There's there's no telling how much I will watch this movie. And uh when that's available on digital, I'm buying it. When it's a visual when it's available on physical, I'm buying it. You know, like this is uh hopefully with an actual DVD in there, you know. Yeah, not just box. some random fucking box like yeah, I hope. WandaVision. Warner Brothers doesn't go that route. 
Um, no, they, uh, like there's got to be some collectors with this thing that has some. I mean, they no, can. They I can mean, like they'll do, the they'll do a full blown Blu-ray release and yeah. everything because that it'd be idiotic of them not to. But uh, I don't know if you've heard about like what Disney's doing. They're uh, like in Australia, they're not. Yeah. They're not even going to keep making physical media like Guardians of the no Galaxy Volume Three. Blu-rays in Australia. The last one. That's like that is crazy. Because how yeah. much of your childhood was growing up getting the Disney VCRs loved. The fucking lo- I still love that. I buy I buy DVDs and Blu-rays like weekly now. It's a bad habit, but I do it. Well, uh, who knows how long the things that you like will be available to watch if you don't have a physical copy? Yeah, exactly. It's why I just like every time I like watch a movie that I really like, I'm like I'm gonna go check how much that costs physically. Yeah. Uh, because I just want to be able to have it if it's never if it goes away forever, you know. Like that'd be that's a frightening thought. But uh, man, I uh, I adored this movie. You know, I thought that it was like I said, top two this year with Asteroid City. Um, I do I do have it above Oppenheimer as far as a, as far as a favorites on the year. I do, um, and uh, I think it's surprisingly thoughtful for a movie that could have been incredibly thoughtless you know yes. it could have, it yeah. could have phoned it in hard they could have but they they didn't and you know um i think it paid off in a big way and i can't wait for whatever greta gerwig or margot Ro- it's margot robbie's year man it is it is margot robbie's year uh the fact that she was in the leading actress in babylon and then she had the best scene in asteroid city and then was the lead in barbie all within 7 months of each other is like that's 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 queen shit right there so love me some margo but uh let's go ahead and give this one rating what do you guys say i think i'm ready yeah all right uh, so we've kind of switched shit up from compared to the comic book movies of course we only have a enjoyment and critical rating in this one there's no genre there's no adaptation I think they did Barbie justice, you know. Uh, if if there was an adaptation rating, I'd go ahead and give it a ten. Um, but uh, enjoyment wise, how are we feeling about this one? How 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 is everybody on a scale of one to ten? This, yeah. this it's is... I think it's a ten. I don't know, like, because I, I mean, I was it blew like I it was not the movie I was expecting. Um, for me, I I, I thought it was just going to be like a really fun but not like as meaningful as it was. Like, I don't know. I didn't really expect the, um, to walk out of the theater like I did. And, uh, but it was just also a blast the entire time. Like, I mean, I was, I was laughing like a lot. Like I, I don't know. I I don't usually like actually laugh a lot in movies. I think I do like that internal, like chuckle or like that one little breathe out laugh, you know, like the, the simple thing, but I don't know. I was, I, I, there were a lot of times. Uh, yeah. I wanna take you for groundhog. Uh, that's uh, and then it like cuts to four hours later, and they're still performing by the campfire. Like that shit, I audibly, I laughed, man. Yeah. And there's a lot of points in this movie where I'm laughing out loud. Um, it, it's 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 a very very enjoyable movie. I'm I'm shy of a ten. I am. Um, yeah. I I don't think I can give it that. What about you, Claire? How you feeling? Uh, yeah, I was gonna say nine point five. Nine point five. I'm uh I, I'm hovering around there. If uh I think that 
for me, I'm splitting y'all. I think a nine seven five. Greta Gerwig, as far as what we've done so far in this Greta Gerwig, hmm. uh, the floor's been nine seven five. She's had a nine seven five and a ten. Um, and when it came to Lady Bird, I had a tough time deciding my ranking of my my Greta Gerwig movies. You know, and I ultimately. I love this movie and I think it's three out of th- three out of the three I've seen. Um, wow. I, th- I think it's still yeah. little woman, lady bird, Barbie. Um, yeah. that's yeah. I think that, that is fair. I mean, I mean yeah. like m- movies like I cry a lot more in little women and lady yeah. bird. Like, I, I mean, there's, and it's, movie. yeah. And like more of a, I don't want to call it like a real movie, you know, because that's kind of discrediting Barbie a little bit, like that it's not like a real movie. But I guess like when you just have Barbie as like a big part of the story, it kind of, I don't know what I, like it I takes away I a little the bit. movie but... in spite of its IPism sort yeah. of, hmm. you know, like that's kind of the, it, it brought a lot to the table in a way that I never would have anticipated. And for that, like I... I adore this movie, you know, and I think I would go ahead enjoyment wise and put it on the same level as Lady Bird just to kind of, uh, cause I, I, I don't enjoy it less, you know, but I don't enjoy mm-hmm. it, more. you know, like that's, that's yeah. how I would put it. Little Women is still easily my favorite, uh, Greta Gerwig movie. I, I adore that adaptation. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think I would go with a nine, seven, five and, uh, I think I'll keep track fair. of Claire's score here as well, with the with the nine five. But um, I think I think that is fair because put it on the same level as Little Women. Like that's I, I didn't know. like yeah. when, when I'm watching Little Women, bro. I, I there's 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 like a gasp, like a <laughs> it, yeah. it's my cry there. Uh, that's there's fair. like I need to catch my breath, sort of. Uh, like there there's no uh, for me. In this movie, there's no Timothy Chalamet delivering the line where he goes, uh, you will because that's your way, and I'll watch. When he does that, bro, I fall the fuck apart, man. That's not even that's close. Insane. Yeah. Mm. So okay. that's, uh, there, Fair enough. The parallel yeah. of the, the brightness and the darkness of oh, Beth, so Beth's and death Little Women has got to be one of the most adaptive nope. books. I think, that, <sighs> I think it is the most adaptive book. Um, so the fact that hers is so uniquely hers. Oh, it's brilliant, dude. I adore that movie. Um, yeah, I can't in my, in, I don't know, with my, I can't put it on the same level as Little Women I now that I'm thinking about it. Uh, yeah, that's, that's just not possible. Um, I, I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and put it on the same level as Lady Bird. Um, and even so, I'm not, uh, like, it's a different kind of enjoyment. Like, Lady Bird is more in the vein of that Little Women sort of enjoyment where it's just kind of, it's so resonant. Like, it, 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 you're watching something that feels so personal and that kind of bleeds through. Whereas mm-hmm. uh, this one felt like, uh, you know, there's this, I was listening to an interview the other day with Killian Murphy where he's talking, they're talking about Christopher Nolan and how, uh, and again, to make these Christopher Nolan, Greta Gerwig uh, comparisons where the interviewer asked Killian Murphy, if he'd be interested in a Nolan bond film, He's like, would you be interested in a Christopher Nolan directed James Bond movie? And Killian is obviously he's a great dude. So he's very deflective. He's like, I don't want to speak for Christopher. You know, like, that's not that's not Mm -hmm. something I want to do. Of course, I'd be interested. You know, of course, I would love to see that. He's got that. But he said that putting him in a box like a director for hire Mm -hmm. uh, 
it, it it can reach a point where it doesn't feel quite as personal. And that's what I think happened with this movie where I think Greta Gerwig mm. did as much as she possibly could with it. Uh, and she did her best to make it as personal as possible, but it's clear that this movie was, it was conceived of outside of Greta Gerwig. Like that's she, true. she became yeah. attached to the movie after it was already in development. So like, uh, whereas, uh, Lady Bird, that was her movie. She she was like she brought that to a production company. She said, "This is the movie I want to make." You know, and uh, you can yeah. feel that personality in Lady Bird, which is what makes me think that again. Shockingly enough, when we get to this critical rating, this movie is fantastic. I also think it's three out of three there, though, um, as yeah. far as how good the movie is. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, it's you can. I, that's a good point of like. That this is, she might have wanted to make a Barbie movie, you know, in her life. Maybe she's thought about it, but, like, you can tell the passion behind Little Women and, and Lady Bird. Like, those are, like... Yeah, and and again, I don't want to say that this feels devoid of personality. Mm. It obviously yeah, doesn't. It definitely um, does do that. I think she elevated this movie in a way that it wouldn't have been yes, elevated. 100%. Um, and I think that that's very important in the consideration of it. And I don't want to dismiss it completely like uh, this very well could be her best looking movie, you know, like uh, visually. This was pretty astonishing at a lot of points there. There's a I think that the way they shot Barbie land and like the the fantastical stuff is brilliant. But I think the real world stuff is a little dull. Um, And I think that's part of the point. Like, I think that, Mm -hmm. you know, she's trying to. But that scene where her and Gloria meet for the first time, it got a lot of comparisons as soon as like, cause that was like the first clip that came out whenever they like lock eyes and she's like, get in and they hop in the car and they go drive. It looks like a car commercial. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Oh. It does. No, yeah. That was a Chevy electric car commercial right there. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like it, it and stuff like that you don't i don't think there's a single scene like that in lady bird or little women that i can point to and go that one looks worse than there wasn't a yeah like a mega corporation behind this movie telling them hey you need to market this you need to have this be front and center like for the shot and like yeah and uh and, and and that's the thing is that in spite of all of that she still brought an incredible presence to this movie so and the performances are brilliant like like we've been saying um so i i'm it's so interestingly campy, you know, like the way that we start in Barbie land, the way that the, the stunts are done with like the tr- the car flipping over and then landing <laughs> like camp out the ass. Probably the most campy movie we've gotten in fucking years, dude. Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Claire, how about how you feeling on a scale of one to ten critically? Where do you think you're coming really? down? Um, yeah, I would say I the only like critical things that I was really thinking was what I was talking about with the the tonal shifts between Barbie land and the real world. I think that mm-hmm. dinged it. I don't know how much I want this to totally affect it, but I do see some of the criticisms of like a very elementary level of feminism that they were mm-hmm. using in the movie. So I can kind of see that. I would, I think I would give it like an 8.5 critically. I respect that. I'm not too far off either. Um, I think that an 8.5 is, I mean, it's pretty damn close. What have we given Lady Bird and Little Women? Lady Bird was a nine, and Little Women was a nine five. Um, and and an I think five is about where I'm coming. The ceiling down. is a nine. It's not. Yeah, it's not. 
not Lady. It's not even Lady Bird. Yeah, um, and let's see, going back eight five. That's the French Dispatch. Um, if we're going back in West eight two five Isla Dogs. Um, also Life Aquatic. And I'm World I'm confident Dogs. it's better than Isle of Dogs. Um, mm-hmm. I think that the story is really tight, except for those tonal shifts with Mattel, like that kind of. And again, that's not uh, it's not Gerwig and Bombach's fault. Like that is it's very clear what was studio mandated, and yeah. uh, mm-hmm. it's just a shame to see stuff like that kind of bog down an artist at work, you know. But when you're making a movie like this, it's just a fact of the it's a fact of the trade. So, um, eight five might be it. I think eight five is where I'm coming down as well. Yeah. I think the that's only other eight five we have is French Dispatch. I think. what about eight seven fives? What have we got there? Do we have any? I don't believe so. Um, and I don't know if I could say this is better made than the French Dispatch. You know, I don't think I can either. Uh, I think that they have this very similar sort of uh, feel to them where they've got this very stylized, uh, like that's where the emphasis of the movie is and the performances are all brilliant. But uh, there there are elements to the story where you could you could make an argument that that's where it falters. And I think that that's... Uh, that, I mean, the French Dispatch, that's one of my favorite movies of all time. Like, we're about to start our top 100 movies here next week. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you will not be hearing the French Dispatch for about 10 weeks, you know? That's, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. So, and you will be hearing Barbie on that list as well. So, like, that's the thing is that I absolutely adore, I absolutely adore this movie. And I think an 8.5 is comfortably where I come down. Um, but Chase. with Claire, given this a 9.5 and an 8.5, it comes to an 88% on the Claire tomato meter mm-hmm. uh, and only an 89 for us. Um, so we're, we're pretty close. We're right very, there. very close right there. there. Um, um, eight, nine, two, if you want to get specific for us, but, uh, that puts it a little bit below tenant. That's like at a nine, one, uh, above the prestige eight, six, seven, um, just barely below the French dispatch. Um, but above Isle of dogs, um, above life aquatic, Above Royal Tenenbaums, Rushmore. Yeah, I'm feeling... That feels right. Um, mm. Not quite the French Dispatch is, is I think, what uh That's the right closest movie there, that is, anyway. is closest yeah. to it. And I think that's that's right. Yeah, no, it's, it's a perfectly... It's, like, perfectly enjoyable movie just with some studio interference you know you can you can feel it you, mm-hmm. and uh, when that happens it automatically kind of lessens the impact of some some stuff but um uh even so like margot rob way the way margot robbie brought it and the way greta gerwig brought it like it's yeah. it's a great fucking movie you know uh oh yeah yeah this got a five out of five for me on letterbox though you know when mm-hmm. it, letterboxd ratings are different than the <laughs> ratings we do on the podcast um, this, this was, this was a five, five star right there. Loved, loved, loved it. You know? Uh, so hmm. with on that, the, uh, I think we, uh, we conclude this one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Tomato, the Rotten Tomatoes the audience is at an 86 right yeah. now, uh, critically at an 89. Um, right. so I think, I think we're, I don't know. We're almost there. We're pretty much right there actually. So yeah, I think that's a W kind of like it. Love that. Yeah. Um, the Gur Week is finished, and now the we have to wait. Complete. It came and went too quickly, and mm-hmm. uh, I wish uh, I can't wait until she has the catalog the size of the likes of Nolan and Wes Anderson, and we get these 10, 11, 12 films out of her because she's got a long 
fruitful career ahead no of her time. after the commercial success yeah. of this. Um, mm-hmm. No, and more than you know, and that's why I'm happy with the commercial success of this. Is just because absolutely give her money yeah. to do whatever she wants. Yep, Greta is going to get the bag and the credibility with studios to do anything. So, mm-hmm. like, uh, that's that's super exciting. Yeah, uh, you're talking about how no one else could have done Barbie like Margot Robbie, but I, who else could have directed this? You know, like nobody. Um, and that's yeah. uh, that's you know that's been my top four films on the year are Asteroid City, this Past Lives, and Oppenheimer. And a big reason for that is because they all feel like the only person who could have pulled it off were the people who did it. You know, like yeah. it's, uh, there are a lot of movies that, you know, when it came to like Dial of Destiny or, uh, uh, The Flash or shit like this, it kind of feels like, ah, you could probably throw roughly anyone behind the camera and they'll kind of do a similar thing to what mm. got accomplished here. Not to discredit James Mangold on Dial of Destiny too crazily, but, um, just it felt felt generic it felt like generic direction and that's kind of uh there's such a specificity i feel like to those four movies where it's like only the minds that made it could have made it and i'm glad i'm glad that it worked out the way that it did um Mm -hmm. but uh yeah i think with that we will conclude this episode of the penny bloom podcast and with that if you will Head to patreon.com slash pennybloompod where you'll find over 50 hours of exclusive content. We got a dollar fifty tier that includes uh, written reviews by yours truly. Uh, and then a $3 tier that features all our audio content. You get uh, all our comic book movie journey through film a couple weeks in advance. Uh, that's that's a big, big sell over there. Um, and then anytime we just feel like talking for a little bit about something that's not suitable for the main scheduled programming. And we just go ahead and throw it up over there uh, for $3 a month. You can support this podcast financially, which is huge because it costs me money and I don't make any off of it unless it's over there. Head to Twitter, follow at PennyBloomPod, follow on Instagram at PennyBloomPodcast. Uh, remember to leave a five-star rate and review wherever you might be listening and share this with a friend. Remember to support SAG-AFTRA and WGA in any any way, anyhow you can. Just remember to spread awareness for their for their cause. Remember to promote the promote the likes of the actors and writers on strike just because, you know, uh, we wouldn't get these beautiful films like Barbie or Oppenheimer or anything like that without their work. And we wouldn't get the trash bag ones either. But you know what? They worked on them and they deserve to be paid for that. So go ahead and, uh, you know, show them support in any way you know how uh, because they deserve it. Um, Let's see. Yeah, we, we just concluded the Gur Week. Um, so we're going to take a pause on director spotlights for a while. We've been kind of all gas, no breaks with Wes Anderson straight into Christopher Nolan, straight into Greta Gerwig. Mm-hmm. Right now, I don't think we're planning on picking it up again until Scorsese. I think uh, Killers of the Flower Moon, I believe, will be our next anticipatory director spotlight. And we're going to we're going to run through some Scorsese. He's got that catalog, you know, uh, side one. We've uh, we've already talked Taxi Driver, The Departed, um, Goodfellas, Wolf of Wall Street. I believe is that it. Is that all we talked on the fifty two journey through film Scorsese wise? Sounds right. Yeah. I think it's just those four. So, so we're talking as many movies as we possibly can, except those four for Scorsese. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, that'll be a couple months down the line. But in the meantime, we're going to continue our comic book movie journey through film, which continues tomorrow with Batman Begins where we will again be joined.
joined by Claire De Janeiro. That is yes, just great timing. I know the scheduling is is wonderful. You're uh, you're the most prominent co-host uh, this week yeah. for sure. Uh, but uh, yeah, so that's tomorrow. We continue it next week with is Fantastic Four the next one after Batman Begins. Mm-hmm. That's right. All right, so we yeah, gotta yeah. we gotta get on that then. Um, but because uh, that's the only one we have recorded in advance after Batman Begins, so we gotta. Mm-hmm. Yeah, get on that. But uh, regardless, uh, alongside the comic book movie journey through film, we're continuing Winter is Blooming. Our Game of Thrones rewatch podcast is going to continue on Mondays. Next week is the season four finale, mm-hmm. uh, which is another goodie. Uh, and then we're starting our top 100 favorite movies ever. Project. Finally. Finally. Yeah. Sorry, it's been Colton's coming. had his list for quite a while. I've uh, it's, been, it's just kept just growing. Got mine. Yeah, uh, growing. I got to mine finally. I got to almost two hundred, and that that <laughs> I had to cut down quite a bit. Um, yeah. So uh, that's it, it was it was a pain to uh, to cut so many wonderful movies. You know, when it when it comes to the the hundred through nineties, we're still talking some pretty wonderful fucking movies for me. Uh, it's, it's a pain to see some of them go, but, uh, yeah, we're going to do that in 10 parts. Uh, we're going to take it each 10 at a time, you know, hundred through 90, then the eighties, then the seventies, sixties, all the way up to the top 10. And we're going to start with parts one and two next Wednesday. We're going to have, uh, both, uh, the nineties and the eighties there for you. And I'm very, very excited to get that project rolling. I'm going to go ahead and just commit to the 100 I have because this will be a revisitable topic in a year or two. You know, well, I'll have a new, probably another new 50. Uh, oh, yeah. So there's so many great movies. But with that, I was Colton Robertson. I was joined by Joseph George. Thank you very much, homie. Oh, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to be here. Oh, and it's always a pleasure to have you. And thank you once again for joining us. Claire de Janeiro it was wonderful. Thanks so much. Of course, and you're welcome back anytime. As always, if there's any movie you see on the horizon that you want to talk about, you let me know and you're there. Um, but yeah, with that, remember, peace, love, and bloom. And bye, Barbie. I can. <laughs>